happening. Prayer, absolutely. The worship team next door went over to pray and instantly the whole system came back on again. Now, is that God or is that God? Hallelujah to God. So if you see everybody looking just a little bit frazzled this morning, that's because for an hour before the service, we were all running around like Martha's, attempting to do it all ourselves. Lesson learned. How about we do something ironic and start in prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to be talking about the intimacy of prayer. But before we do that, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about dinner. Love a good meal. Now, Tim's been teaching about the table, and the table, for those who aren't coming at night time, is a fantastic success. If you can get out here tonight at 4.30 and come and join us for a service and then stay back and have a meal with all the people here afterwards, it is a real time of growing and sharing and coming to know each other and growing in love for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Saviour. There's the plug for the night service. Going out to dinner. Who here likes to go out to dinner? Oh, almost everybody likes to go out to dinner. Not everybody, but we'll we'll work on you. Have you ever been out to dinner and just watched the other people? Have you watched people who are sharing, who are caring, who are growing, who are deeply, intimately involved with each other? And have you looked at those who aren't? It's an interesting parallel that we're going to explore and how that relates to prayer. So Sue and I went out to dinner recently, which for me is six months ago. Um, And we had the opportunity of seeing a number of different couples come through. So when I was putting this together, we categorised these into four sets. Now, is this going to work? No. One thing didn't have to work today. Can we go to the next one, Wendy? Hey, there's our first two people. Now, John, I don't think they're on the BSF online app. These two people, they walked into the restaurant on their phones. They bumped into a table on their phones. They sat down at the table on their phones. And when the waiter came, they looked up completely shocked, scrambled for a menu, each ordered separately, went back on their phones. While they were eating dinner, they ate one-handed on their phones. He left and paid and they walked out on their phones. Not, he paid on his phone, he did pay on his phone. Not once did they look at each other. Not once in that entire time did they actually say a single word to each other. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. But the more and more I look around the world, this is what I see. A focus that is on me and me alone. And it's a terrible thing to get so wrapped up in myself and so busy that I lose track of everything else that's around me. Okay, can we go to the next one? Oh, now it is working. There you go. Our second couple, they came in talking and I thought to myself, here we go, this is looking up. They sat down, they ordered, 
and although this picture's backwards, he pulled his phone out. And for the rest of the whole dinner, like our first couple, he stayed on the phone. The young lady with him, she tried talking to him. She tried the cough technique. <coughs> so I'm sure she tried kicking him under the table, tapped the cutlery on the plate. He was oblivious. He was so wrapped up in what he was doing that he just ignored. And you just watch her face. It got sadder and sadder and more heartbroken. He walked out of that restaurant with a spring in his step, not even aware of what was going on. And she walked out broken. Absolutely broken. I so badly wanted to get up and just slap that guy around and go, hey, what are you doing? And Susan restrained me. You know, Andy was bigger than me, so you know, both feet. <laughs> Next, we have a young lady. She came in on her own. She made a beeline for the back corner of the restaurant sat in the darkest corner, alone. The waiter came over and must have asked if anyone else was coming because he cleared everything else away. She sat there, she ate. She never looked up. She went quietly and paid and left. Sue and I were saying we would have invited her to our table because we felt so sorry for her, but she absolutely wanted nothing to do with anybody else. And it, again, was heartbreaking. We've all seen people like this. We see them every day. They're wrapped out of the world. They have pulled themselves out of life. And it was heartbreaking to see somebody in silence and loneliness. Lastly, we had a couple who came in holding hands. And they were laughing. They were giggling. They sat at their table. They talked about their week. They talked about what their kids were doing. They were on a date night, obviously. It was pretty cool. They ordered. They prayed before their meal. Positive sign. They got halfway through their meals and swapped meals. Everybody do that too? I certainly do. Then they talked about what they didn't like about each other's meals. They talked about the week that was coming. They talked about deep and important things. They shared. They grew. And they were 100% focused on each other, focused on being where they were. You all know people like that who turn up and talk to you and they're not really there. They're a million miles away. If you've ever been a preacher, you can look out on the audience and you can see the people who were there and not there as well. It's quite fascinating. <laughs> so we have our four couples. Oh, hang on, I'm going back. I'm trying to go backwards. Now I'm going forwards. Our four couples. Who has intimacy? Number four. Which couple do you want to be? Has everyone been at another table? Look at your prayer life right now. Which of these tables are we sitting at? Which of these tables would we like to be sitting at with Jesus? Have a bit of a think about that. But, you know, perhaps the question really is then, who has intimacy? What is intimacy? Well, I decided to do a Google search and I recommend it's a dangerous thing to do. <laughs> After I removed all the things that weren't for us green in a church... We find the first item, into me you see. Intimacy, into me you see, which I later found out is currently a Katy Perry song. Very disturbing. But think about this, right? I read this and I went, this is awesome. Somebody who can see into me, who can see through my eyes, who knows my head, who knows my heart, who can walk in my shoes, in tune with my emotions, and then I stopped and went, I haven't said anything about them. 
it is 100% focused on me. Into me, you see. There's nothing about into us, we see. This is all about into me. Thought, well, okay, that's no good. Let's go to Relationships Australia. What do they say? Intimacy is about loving trust and support. Eh, not really. Kind of. Yeah, it's getting closer. Dictionary.com. Close familiarity or friendship. A cosy, private and relaxed atmosphere. Okay, we're starting to get a little bit more of a feel for what intimacy is. Let's go to synonym.com. Togetherness. Affinity. Rapport. Attachment. Familiarity. Confidentiality. Companionship. Affection. Warmth is starting to get a really good feel for intimacy from the world here. It's about hearing and being heard, understood and understanding. Communication, okay, I can see that. I can apply those to my four tables and I can see who's got intimacy and who doesn't. Unfortunately, all of these fall far, far short of what true intimacy is. So what does he say? What does he tell us in the Bible? The Bible tells us that true intimacy is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit for all eternity in pure love, pure trust, pure understanding. There is your true vision of what intimacy is. And there was so much love in that intimate relationship that they came and created us. And when they created us, in each one of us, there's a small hole that only God can fill. God to me, God to you, and you to me. It's still a three-way thing with God at the centre. That is where we find true intimacy. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says in John 10.31, I and the Father are one. Intimacy. John 14.20, I am in my Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Intimacy with us. John 15, 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Matthew 28, 20b. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Intimacy with the Father is permanent. Forever he loves us. John 14, 16 and 17. He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The spirit is with us. And not only with us, but an advocate for us. And truth, intimacy. This is the Bible's view of what it really means to be intimate. John 14, 23, if anyone loves me and will obey my teaching, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. This is a whole view of soul shift. This is about me to we. It's about self to relationship. It's about a 100% focus on God. Jesus has to be, must be, the central axis on which our lives rotate. He deserves total devotion, total everything. He demands our all. And that is where we find our true intimacy. That is your table number four. That's where it really goes. So the question is, does it always work like that? And of course it doesn't. So we're going to have a quick look at Martha, Mary and Jesus. 
So Jesus is off to visit Martha and Mary, and we know they're his friends because in John 11:5 it says that Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. So he's going to visit some friends. So as Julia said when she read, as Jesus and his disciples were on the way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Sounds like a teenager. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about so many things. But few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So our table, who's who in the zoo? Mary is table number four. Very good. Mary is table number four. She is 100% focused on Jesus. She is sitting there meeting Jesus, talking to Jesus, which is prayer. She is intimately involved in Jesus. How does this reflect on our world today? We opened the Bible, not to read it, to meet the person of Jesus Christ. And then we talk to him in prayer. It's an exact parallel to what Mary is doing. Anyone want to hazard a guess at what table Martha's at? Two. Very good. Martha's come in and after a brief hello, she's back on her phone and she's gone. She's one of those people, like we said earlier, who you're talking to, but they're not really there. She's left. And that's okay for the moment because we're going to have a deeper dive into what this actually means. So Jesus here is reprimanding Martha at the end. This is the underlines for those of you who can see them. And what does Jesus say to Martha? What does Jesus say? Martha's so wrapped up in what she's doing. She's tense. She's everywhere. And Jesus isn't telling her it's bad to do good things. What he's telling her is don't be worried and upset about many things. Don't be distracted. Don't just get off the beat there. Come back on the beat. But Martha, you know, she's, she's not getting it. And what does she do? She turns up and she demands that Jesus do something. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because we've all done it. Who's turned up to the creator of the universe? Our Lord and Master, our Saviour, and demanded that he do something for us. Tell her to help me. Everybody done that? I know I certainly have. Ever turned up to Jesus and told him, you do not understand what I'm doing? Lord, don't you care? Really? He's God. When does this happen? This happens when we take our focus off him back to me. We have lost that intimate connection with him like Martha has. And quite often when we've done this, like Martha, our plans include other people. Martha's plans included Mary, and she was dead set to get her out of what she was doing. What does Jesus do, though? Jesus stops what he's doing. He turns. He gives her his full attention, something he never gave her. And notice carefully, Jesus does not tell her what to do. Very important. When Jesus created us, he gave us free will. And he honours that free will. What he does do is point out to Martha where she is wrong. You are worried and upset about many things. 
and he points her to what the answer is. And he so often does this in our lives. He comes to us and says, here is what you need to do and here is what the right answer is. He doesn't turn around and go, you will do this. He gave us free will. It's our choice whether or not we follow him or not. And what is the answer here? It's Mary. Jesus says, you need how many things? One. What is the one thing that she needs? Jesus. Jesus is the start, the middle, and the end of everything we need. He is the sole point on which we need to focus. If we are worried and upset about many things, it's because we've taken our eyes off the one. If you want to get to table number four like Mary is, focus on the one. And like the Bible verses before said, he says it here again, it will not be taken away from her. Put your faith in the Lord and he will honour it. This is the cry of her heart. But what does this cry really look like? Well, let's have a look. Psalm 42, 1 to 2. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go to meet with God? Intimacy. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Exactly what Martha needed to hear. John 10.27 My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they know me. Philippians 3.8 I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. What do we get from this cry? The same thing we've been seeing over and over again. It starts with Jesus. The focus is on Jesus. As our banners over here on the left say, it's about coming to know him, to grow in him, and to go into the world and tell others about him. We want to share this deep crying joy that's in our heart. And how do we get to that heart? It's simple. We follow what Jesus says. Concentrate on the one. Open the word. Meet the person of Jesus Christ. Pray to him. That's how we meet him. The more and more intimate you become with someone, the more and more you know about them. How do I know what my shepherd wants me to do? I spend time listening to his voice. As the deep hole in my heart that we talked about at the start when God created us, that's the pant of the deer for water. That is my deep soul crying out for Jesus. And the more I work on this, the more we put this through the paces, the more everything else in the world fades away. We get to say meaningless, meaningless, meaningless. Everything is meaningless except Jesus Christ. That is the one thing. You say to me, that is awesome, Muzz. That is just fantastic. You've managed to pick out some of the key biblical scholars. And they're, you know, they're just geniuses and they met Jesus and they were deeply involved, but you don't understand my life. I have kids. I'm busy. There's constant noise. I never get to sit. I can't have a quiet time. 
How can I possibly get into this intimate relationship with God? You just don't get it. I fall into bed at night, I'm exhausted. I get up, it's just the same routine. Show me somebody, show me somebody who did this. Well, I'm glad you asked. Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence lived some 300 years ago and he was a kitchen hand. If any of you have ever worked in a kitchen, there is nothing like it to be assaulted on all five senses at once. There are flames, there is banging, there is noise, there is screaming, there are things moving everywhere. There is heat, there is cold. If you haven't experienced, I recommend you sign up for a scripture union camp this year as a cook and check it out. Been there, done that, not again. But seriously, it is, it's an, you've all seen it. You've seen the cooking shows. It never stops. But what is Brother Lawrence able to say in the midst of this unbelievable noise? There is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of continual conversation with God. Those who can comprehend it, who practice it and experience it, yet I do not advise you do it from that motive. It is not pleasure which we ought to seek in this exercise, but let us do it from the principle of love and because God would have us do it. Practicing the presence of God. In the Bible verses earlier, it clearly says God is with us wherever we go. When we looked at the Lord's Prayer, we looked at the fact that Jesus, God is in heaven and heaven is where God is, which is close to you as the air you breathe. God is here. He is in this room in each one of us who love him. Just talk to him. Practice remembering that he is there. Be in his presence. Don't be worried if you get distracted. Don't be worried if something comes up. Just keep going. That's what he wants. All he wants to do is talk to us. To love us. To have us come to know more of him. To be in that deep, deep relationship with him. Why? Because it's for our best. It's what he created us to be. Nothing else. Anything else is second rate. Practice the presence of God. Table number four. Be with Jesus. What table are we at? Be honest. What table are we at? How do we get to table number four? Well, it's really, really quite simple. Take the time to pray. Take the time to open the word, meet the person of Jesus Christ and pray. Just like he said to Martha, he has given us the answer. You want intimacy with God? Open the word and pray. That's what it says. Pray alone, pray together, pray with others. Come to a prayer meeting here on Monday night. They're fantastic. It's a deep, moving relationship with God to have others there as well. They say in psychology, the first thing always starts with a choice. You choose to pray, then you act on the choice. And if you do enough actions, it becomes a habit. And if you do the habit long enough, it becomes a behaviour. And if you do the behaviour long enough, it changes your character. Want to change your character? Start with a choice and go to an action. It is that simple. Take the time to pray. Take Mary's example. Follow Paul's discipline. Engage in David's heart. Whatever works for you, just take the time to pray. 
And when doing it, practice the presence of God. Just remember he's there. Talk to him. Engage with him. See a flower? Love it. Awesome. Enjoying the air conditioning? Thank you, God, for the man who invented air conditioning. Seriously, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, thank him. Praise him. Talk to him. That's all he's looking for. And if we do that enough, that habit becomes intimacy. You're not intimate with your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife on your first date. It takes years of deep conversation to become intimate with someone. You want intimacy with Jesus? Just start. Prayer changes everything. Why does prayer change everything? Because God is in prayer. What we're going to do now is we're going to invite the worship team up in a minute. But what I would like everybody to do is to just stop. Stop. Take a choice right now. Bow your head. Close your eyes, whatever works for you. And for one minute, we're all just going to pray to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour and start our journey of intimacy today. Prayer changes everything because God is in prayer. We thank you for this time we've had together. We thank you that you hear us, that you know us, that you love us, that you are our all in all. And we pray at this time, Father, that you will help us on this journey. Help us to come to know you in the way that you designed us to be. Help us to become more like you, to practice being in your presence and simply come and meet you as we journey towards deeper intimacy. In Jesus' precious name we ask and pray this. Amen.